Hey there, I'm your host, Leslie Randolph. I'm a self-confidence coach for teenage girls and the self-confidence coach you wish you had as a teen. Honestly, I'm the self-confidence coach I wish I had as a teen because I know I could have saved myself and my mother a whole lot of heartache if I'd only known then what I know now. I hope to save you some of that suffering by sharing the lessons I learned late in life right here on Why Didn't They Tell Us. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Why Didn't They Tell Us. I am your host, Leslie Randolph. And when I'm not here sharing the lessons I learned late in life or on social, sharing my aha moments and my words of wisdom as the Coach Chronicles, you'll find me coaching teenage girls and teaching them tools to to cultivate self-confidence. Here's why. Self-confidence, that awesome alchemy of knowing who you are, loving and believing in her, that, my friends, is the secret sauce to creating the life of your dreams. I always say that there's no one-size-fits-all in the life of your dreams department, (laughs) and today's guest is proof of that. Because she's not only creating a business and a brand that she loves that is the life of her dreams, but she's helping other women do the same. Y'all, I'm going to take a deep breath before I read this bio because it's a lot. Okay. With nearly 25 years of marketing and sales experience behind her, Lindsay Pinchuk is an award-winning entrepreneur, consultant, community builder, connector, a storyteller, an expert marketer a social media maven, a spokesperson, an on-air expert, small business champion, and a mother. Since 2010, Lindsay's lent her expertise to, ooh, more outlets than I can say, 75 podcasts. She's been featured and contributed to stories in Time Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, Parents.com, The Doctors, Access Live, Chicago Tribune, Cranes. It goes on and on. In January of 2022, Lindsay launched Dear Found Her, a top 2% podcast, a twice-weekly love letter helping female entrepreneurs build, scale, and sell their businesses. You might have heard some of her past guests, including Bobby Brown, Dr. Becky Kennedy from Good Inside, uh, Jen Sherman from Peloton, Catherine Reitman from Netflix's Working Mom. You guys, I could go on and on. Y'all, is this woman not a boss? Lindsay, welcome to Why Didn't They Tell Us. I am so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm honored to be here, and thank you so much for asking me to be a guest. I, You know I adore you, and I, I love just any time I get to spend with you, so thanks for having me here. It is very mutual, and, and she's right. I guess I, I, I don't have a space in her bio yet, but I also have the privilege of calling Lindsay a friend and a, a confidant for me as I very unexpectedly became a female found her. So not only do I have, you know, the privilege of getting to call her and even before we got on air, talk about things like what's new on Netflix and what we should be watching, <laughs> but then to also bounce business ideas off of because I think um, becoming a female found her and being a female found her can be a lonely place if you don't have community. And community is one of Lindsay's just like, signature methods. Building community is one of the things she says, and I'm so thankful to be part of her. So I know I, I kicked it off with this bio that, I mean, is, is so impressive. But Thank why you. don't you tell people a little bit more about you, um, you know, who you are, what you do, but 
really and why you do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the biggest way, if, if you were to use one word to describe me, I would say it's a connector. I mean, that's what I, that's every single thing that I have done in my life is to connect other people, to connect me with people, to connect. I mean, it's, I love making connections. Even before I started Bump Club, you know, I worked in advertising and people would call me and say, do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? And I would connect them. And that was kind of how the notion of Bump Club came to be. I found myself pregnant, which was planned, and we were very excited, but none of my friends were pregnant. And so, you know, I wanted to connect with other pregnant women. And we didn't have social media. I was not going on meetup. That was not a that was not an option for me. And so I sent an email and I said, you know, does I'm gonna host a prenatal class, prenatal workout. Does anyone want to come? And through word of mouth, we filled two rooms. We had about 45 people who came. And, you know, that was through my connections, right? I mean, it was like just through an email and word of mouth. And I ended up building this company that, you know, was community-based. I mean, it was based on word of mouth connections, people saying how they loved their experiences with us, connecting women not only to each other, but to the best brands and to the best experts. It was all about connections. And, you know, back to what you just said, you just said that, you know, being a female founder is very lonely. And I also like accidentally became a female founder. Like I was not intending for, you know, for Bump Club to be this big thing. Now, I will say I'm never one to half-ass anything. Like I, I anyone who knows me really well knows like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go like ball to the walls, right? But like, and I did with Bump Club, but I also never intended to be a female founder. I didn't have a business plan. I knew no one who was an entrepreneur. Like I had a couple of friends who owned, you know, like a store or like a workout place, but not like, you know, these like giant big businesses. And I, I was like, who am I going to like talk to about any of this? And it was very, very lonely. And so, you know, I had to make my own connections while I was building this business so that I could learn from other people be supported by other people, grow from other people. And, you know, when I when I sold the company, you know, I built the company. I, I don't want to get into, um, I don't want to get into like so much about the company. You know, like I built the company. It, we reached 3 million people a month. We were profitable from day one. Um, it, we generated seven figures for the last six years and it was done on community. I didn't have a product. I sold like sponsorships to brands who wanted to reach my community. That is really what, what it was. Um, and after I sold it, you know, I also once again felt very lonely. Like I was like, no one knows what I'm going through. Not even my husband. I was like depressed. I was just like, this is like the worst, you know, like I, no one knows what I'm dealing with at the moment. And so I started reaching out to people, other female founders who I knew had either sold or who were, um, you know, got investment money because a lot of a lot of the, the the kind of feelings are very similar in those situations. And I started really connecting with other women to, to that were in that situation. And from there, you know, I made the decision eventually to leave and I left Bump Club and I said to myself, I need to be helping other women. Like I need to help other women to not just find the success that they are looking for in their entrepreneurial endeavors, but to also, you know, find happiness while doing it and and to connect with other women because that's how you do it. I mean, you learn from other people's experiences. So, you know, I always say if I if one person 
what one person learns from me, then like I've done my job. And and I feel and I really truly feel that way. Like I think it's so important to have those connections around you. And that's what I'm continuing to do. So now today I have my podcast, Dear Found Her, and then I am also consulting and coaching and teaching classes on how to build brands, but also I'm connecting other other women. And I think that's a really big part of it. Like anyone who takes a class from me knows I put you all in a Facebook group together so you can connect with other people. That's a very big part of it and connect with me. So, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, when you said describe yourself, like I am a connector. I mean, that is like what I thrive on. That is what I love to do. I love, you know, making partnerships for people. I love introducing people. Like I, I love introducing people, then seeing the fruits of that introduction. So that's, that's, I guess, a little bit about me. I'm, I'm also a mom. I have two kids. They're amazing. I didn't even bring them up yet, but, um, everything I do is for them. Yeah, no, that, well, that's a really good why. Um, I want to say, you say connector. I often say that my job as a, a coach is to be a professional cheerleader, but Lindsay truly is a professional cheerleader. When she is connected to you, she is just cheering you on every step of the way and saying like, this is what you can be doing and this is what you're doing. And so that's part of your connection. And I think Thank it's you. just so incredible. You know, those TV segments that I, that I referenced from her bio, it's her typically from the ones that I have seen, promoting other small business owners, promoting her fellow founders, her fellow female founders. And I just think that's so incredible. And if we were all, you know, cheering each other on and rooting each other to our finish lines, like what a beautiful world it would be. But I'm going to go back for a moment to something that Lindsay said. And I think it's so important, whether you're tuning in as a female founder, uh, just a fan of Lindsay's, even my teenage listeners, tune into this one. She started a seven-figure business, and this is one of the things that she talks about a lot on her podcast, Dear Found Her, by sending an email. Did y'all catch that? She sent an email. Now, she thinks that it was because she had this community, but in order to send that email, you needed to have such confidence that, like, this could work, right? What did it feel like to send that email? And I know since then, you've sent many emails that have changed your life. So it's, that's a really, really good question. And the funny thing is, is that I, like, I just like, I wasn't sure, right? I mean, I, I was not sure at all. And the even funnier thing was, was I was pregnant when I sent that email and no one knew. I was eight weeks pregnant. Okay. So not only was I sending this email about a business to support expectant moms, I was sending this, this email. I was, I had been married for, I don't know, four or five years at this point. Everyone was expecting me to get pregnant soon. It was like, you know, bump watch for Lindsay. And and I sent an email saying, oh, I'm starting a company to support pregnant women. But hey, by the way, like, I'm not pregnant yet. Or like, I didn't, I didn't say that. But like, you know, I wasn't publicly pregnant. So there was like this extra layer of like, of like, oh, like kind of like, I, I don't even know what to call it. But it was just, you know, it was like, like unsureness, I guess, surrounding it. But I wholeheartedly believed in my idea. And I, and that's, that is the, the big thing is that I really and truly believed that women who were pregnant needed to find other women who were pregnant because I was pregnant. Even though no one knew I was pregnant. And I was like, I don't know anyone who's pregnant right now. We all have sixth graders, like all of my friends. So, you know, I was just first, but I, like, I wanted to find out who was pregnant and meet other pregnant people. And 
I announced my pregnancy the week before my first event. So like I didn't have to go to any events, you know, secretly pregnant. But, you know, and I don't think many people were surprised when I did. But, um, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, I sent this email because I believed in what I was doing. And I always ask myself, what's the worst that happens? Mm, yes. No one wants to come. Well, that's the worst that happens. No one wants to come. And then it's just an idea that was an idea that didn't come to fruition. You know, I asked myself that question when I eventually left my corporate job. What's the worst that happens? Well, the worst that happens is my company doesn't take off and I have to go get another job. And can I live with that? Yep, I can. And if you can't live with it, then then you need to reevaluate the decision, right? Right. But exactly. But when you ask yourself, and that's such a, that, that question shows up in a lot of my coaching sessions of like, okay, let's play out the worst case scenario. What does that look like? And it's right. always a lot better when you say it out loud. We're like, oh, I could totally live with that. But could I live with never knowing? What if she had never sent that email, you guys? What if she, you know, because that one email was just the domino that created this life of her dreams. And it started with, yes, I see that it was the belief in the concept, right? You're like, there is a need here. The same way you're like, there's a need for moms and expectant moms. Now for your 2.0, there's a need for female founders to have connection and community and to have the, the knowledge that I have. Um, but there's the belief in the concept, but there's also that belief in you being able to do it. And we might not always feel that, but there, even right. if there's 10% of it. Right. And, and, you know, and, and I wasn't sure that I could do it, but you know what? I, I, I really took it step by step, right? Like I knew that at first I could host a prenatal yoga class for 25. It ended up being close to 50, but for 25 women, I knew that I could do that and I did it, you know, and then you look at it and you're like, okay, well, I just did that. And then I asked everyone, well, what do you want next? And did you like your experience? And what was the best part about it? And, you know, you also have to have thick skin to take feedback, you know. And we got a lot of feedback at Bump Club, especially early on. But I asked for it. I asked for it so I could make changes so that I could meet the needs of my customers. And I do that now, too. I mean, I, you know, I I have developed certain classes because people are asking me for certain things. There are things I want to teach, but they're not always the things people want to learn. And so, you know, so like I, um, I think, Leslie, did you take social media for small business? I can't remember. I'm sorry. No, I took a, a five day boot camp. Okay. I don't think it's the same thing. Okay. So social media for small business was a class I taught last year. I haven't taught it since. And like due to, due to some of the things I've been sharing on social media, people are now asking for it again. And so I'm bringing it back, you know? And so like, if people want it, of course I'm going to teach it, you know? So like you, you really have to ask for the feedback and be willing to take it and adapt and shift. And that's just not just in business. It's in life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think also really to go back to something that you just said that I think is so critical of Lindsay didn't know what that finish line looked like, right? You didn't, if, if I, I could have gone back to 2010 and say, okay, tell me what bum club is going to look like. You're like, I just need to plan a prenatal yoga class. It was like one foot in front of the other. And I think sometimes, certainly when starting a business, but again, you know, to use these skills towards anything in life, we have this idea of what it's going to look like being this linear path. And in no way <laughs> could anyone, and if you ask any of your female founders, if you would talk to Bobby Brown or anyone that you've spoken to, 
Would they be able to say, this was the path to take? No, no. And, and truthfully, like when I started, it was like one day at a time. It wasn't even like I was working too and I was pregnant and it was really just taking one day at a time. What did people want? What did people need? You know, after the first two events, people were telling me they wanted like a dinner or a speaker. So I started planning that and I started building like every day was a was another block that I built, you know, onto this. And it really and truly probably wasn't into like the second year that I was like, okay, like, yes, I'm making money now and I'm paying myself and I have an employee, but here's where I think it's going to go at least in the next year. And then, and then here's where it's going to maybe go in like three years. But it, I never planned like more than a year in advance. I mean, really and truly like the, as the opportunities came to me, I changed and adapted and upped my game and, and, you know, I knew probably in like year four or five that eventually I wanted to either sell it or get investment money. I knew that, but I didn't know what the, what that was going to look like. And I would say it was probably not till year six or seven that I was like, okay, this is what I want to do for my exit. Like there was not a, it, it was, there was not a path that I followed. There was not a blueprint. There was not a plan. You know, I really took every day at a time and then like, of course, you know, eventually planned a little bit further out, you know, we would plan like year over year and, and whatnot, but you just don't know. You you don't know. And like, and, and I'm sorry, but like no entrepreneur knows. So like you can plan all you want, but you better, you better understand that as much as you plan, you're going to have to undo the plan because it's, it does, things don't go as planned. They just don't. Yeah. And to use those, you know, you didn't you didn't talk about any failures, but I'm sure there were some events. That oh you were my like, god, there were so many failures. Are you kidding? So many failures. And just to use those as like data collection, right? Yep. Of like, oh, okay, that didn't work. So we went down this path, and apparently we're gonna have to take a few steps back, and we'll try this path. But it's like if you let those failures stop you, if you if you quit, or if you're like if you make that mean something. That's when, I mean, that path, <laughs> you're the one shortening that path. Correct. Yeah, without a doubt. I, 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 yes, you are absolutely right. And like I, like, I always say, like, you have to fail in order to succeed. And it is the truth. Like, you know, and, and I've been very forthcoming now. Like, I mean, I posted something yesterday. Like, I had like a, sh- I was like having like a shit day yesterday. And I was like, oh, like, I like don't have like enough clients and like I was just like, but I, but I mean, I think I do, but like I, in my heart, I feel like I don't, you know, like I just like one, I wanted some more work and, and then I looked at my calendar and I was like, oh my God, I have like all these calls. I had two calls yesterday that like turned my whole day around, you know, like they were great calls with people. Like it wasn't just like people who wanted to hire me. It was people who wanted to hire me to do exactly what I want to do. And that's the difference too. You know, like there are a lot of people that like ask and inquire about services for me, but I don't always want to work for them or I don't always want to do what it is that they want me to do. And so when someone comes to me and they're like, this is what I need from you and it's exactly what I want to do and provide and share, that to me is like the end all and be all. But, you know, everyone has those moments, right? And everyone has moments of, you know, I'm down in a rut and everyone has moments of triumph, but you have to take those failures and those shitty moments and turn them around and know that they're going to lead to something better. And they usually do. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like cheesy and cliche, but like it really is true. You cannot grow unless you fail, period. 
I know, you know, and, 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 and it, it is, it, I, it's like something that we would find on a needlepoint pillow. And, and most of what comes out of my mouth is cheesy and cliche, but I believe it with every breath in my body, right? And that failure is such a critical part of growth and failure is such a critical part of like learning and you cannot succeed without failing. It, it's just not possible, but it's so hard. <laughs> it's so it hard. Is. It is so hard. And, you know, and something like, so something that I can only talk to to a certain degree because I, I still am under some contracts with the sale of my company. But, you know, I, the sale of my company didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I've been very forthcoming about that. I think people can gather that from a lot of what I say um, without even me being so direct about it. It did not go as planned. Okay. However, and, and for a long time, I felt that because it didn't go as planned that I had failed. And I, and, and I was really hard on myself. I mean, really, really hard on myself. And I was like, you know, I built this whole company. I sold it. And like, well, I don't regret it, which I don't regret selling it because worse would have happened had I not sold it. But it didn't go as planned. And so I felt like I had failed myself, my family. It was like a lot of pressure. And it really wasn't until I like opened my eyes and I was like, wait, wait, wait. We have to like flip the switch on this. Because I sold a fucking company. Like most people don't do that. And it wasn't until someone opened my eyes to that and said it might not have gone as planned, but you did something that most entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs, don't do. And now it has set you up to be able to do even more in your 2.0. And so like it really wasn't until that moment that I like actually believed that I succeeded with Bump Club. I think that that's such an important thing to notice because notice how – it, it was, it's just mindset, right? And how you look at something. And even how that turned out for you, you were like, wait a minute, I'm a failure. But then when you zoom out and are able to take that step back and be like, hold up, A, I'm not a failure. And I want everyone to hear something really quickly because this isn't just like saying the nice thing to you. Like there's just never a benefit in beating yourself up. Lindsay can look back and say like, lessons learned. Man, if I ever, you know, I'm selling in another company, check, check, check. And I'm going to share these lessons that I learned late in life with my fellow female founders in this 2.0. It doesn't need to mean anything about me being a failure. These are actions I did, not who I am. Correct. And and that changes the whole story. And you can look, and I, I want to say one last thing, you can look at that and be like, I'm a failure and then feel awful. Or you can look at that and say, lessons learned and I'm going to crush it next time. Lessons learned and I'm going to pass this on. And then also when you take that step back and zoom out, not only did you sell a seven-figure company, you you did all that. Like when you think about like your 13-year-old self looking at you, like, wait a minute, we, we sold a se- – we created that? And that, and really it's that mindset to your point, because like I, because I, I, and like with the, the lessons and the failures, like, like I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that my whole experience, the holistic experience of me forming, founding, building, scaling, selling, and even not, not having the outcome the way I wanted it be to be. That whole holistic experience is what has 
allowed me to do what I do now. And I'm the happiest I've been in a long time. So that says something too. Yeah. I think that, yeah, just knowing that if you keep going down the road, there is happiness again. There is lessons to learn, but you got to keep going, right? And you can't stay there. Um, So, I mean, we've just covered a lot of lessons learned late in life. And again, if you have the privilege, and you should, please, like, tune in to Dear Founders, more knowledge than you'll ever know. But that being said, you know, if you could give me one lesson learned late in life that you would pass on, what would that be? I mean, honestly, not to give a shit what other people think. And I think anyone who like follows me and knows me, like I don't subscribe to bullshit. I I don't like I don't do things because other people do them. I don't buy things because other people buy them. And it's real. That's like a hard thing, right? Especially when you live in certain places like but I just don't care. I am myself. I am who I am. I I care about the things that I care about. And you're not going to be my friend because I'm carrying a certain bag or driving a certain car or because, you know, I, I do a certain thing on the weekend or whatever. You're my friend because you love me. And, and really and truly, like, I, I mean, I think I've always been a little like that to, to some degree. But, I mean, definitely, like, you know, in college I subscribed more than I subscribe. Like, I don't subscribe now at all. I unsubscribe. But, um, you know, in college I definitely subscribed and, and was more of a conformist than I am now. But, you know, I, I am not – I am who I am, and I'm so comfortable with that. Like, I was just sharing with someone that, like, I went to an event last night – with really freaking amazing women, like amazing, amazing women, and like also really fancy women. And, you know, I'm not fancy. Like I, and I don't pretend to be, and like I, I, but I'm fine. I can fit in just fine being myself, and I'm comfortable enough with my, with myself to like know that like I'm cool. Like it doesn't matter. I don't have to be wearing a certain thing or carrying a certain bag or having my makeup done a certain way. Like, you know, everyone is to each their own, And this is me and I'm okay with that. So, you know, and I love all of those women just the same and they're themselves and that's how, you know, how they do life. And this is how I do life. And, and I, and I, and I think it's so important to say that, especially to your teenage listeners, like just be yourself because I will say that like, I am the most fulfilled that I've ever been now. I have the strongest connections with the people I'm supposed to be connected with. I've connected with people who I never in a million years would have thought I like would have on speed dial. And it's because I was myself, not because I was someone else. And so I, I, that is something that I think is just really, really important. And like, and if you want to be fancy, great, be fancy, be, but be yourself, you know, if that's yourself, but that's not me and that's okay. You know, and I'm, and I'm cool with it. So Right. Like, I mean, it's like, I'm not going to judge you. Don't judge me. Like, you know, don't look me up and down. Don't I'm not going to look you up and down like you do you. I'll do me. We can still be friends. Right. But like, I'm just very comfortable in my own skin and uh, and like what and I don't care what people think. And I speak my mind like and I and I also with Bump Club and now I do share my opinions, not opinions that I'm trying to force on people, but like I share what I think, like I share my beliefs, like if I believe in something, I share it. And if you don't believe in it, that's okay. No one's faulting you. You don't have to stick around. That's fine. 
you know, and if you want to talk to me about it, that's okay too. But like, I, I'm like comfortable enough that I can share things and not worry about what other people are going to think about me. Amen. Amen, my friends. Y'all, I'm fancy and I own it. I love being fancy, but I think that's it. You just need to know when we think, when we talk about self-confidence, like you can't walk into a room with self-confidence being something you're not. Self-confidence only comes when you know who you are, when you find your voice, when you find your values. And if you listen to the podcast, but also follow Lindsay on social, which she is just, you know, I mean, self-described social media maven, she is very vocal. She is very true to who she is. And if you don't like her, that's okay. And I think that is so hard. Yes, like our our younger selves, our teenage brain is like, oh, I hope they like me. I hope they like me. But when you are willing to say, but I like me and that's what matters most, life changes. Well, and I don't do things to get people to like me. I do things because I believe in myself and and like, and I like myself. So like, you know, I was telling someone the other day who I've been advising recently, or actually today, I was telling someone that I've been advising, like, you just showed up like you showed up as yourself on social media and look what's happened. Like, like the people have just come out of the woodwork. And and it, this actually is true for two clients of mine, one who is um, has a bigger public persona and one who does not. And both of them, they're the same age. They actually live in the same location. They know each other. And both of them have experienced the same type of response to what they have done online, which is they have shown up as their self, they've shared as their self, they haven't given a shit about what anyone thinks of them, and people, the right people, are magnetized to them and want more. And so now they have to give them more. But, you know, so I think that that just goes to show too, like, don't show up and, like, spew someone else's information or someone else's viewpoint. Just, like, be yourself, you know, like... Be yourself. Yep. And I love that, particularly for my for my teens and, and moms of teens, all of us, right? Like if you're showing up as someone you're not and you're attracting people being that person, like those aren't your people. And yeah. I listened to a recent episode of Lindsay's and I and I shared this with her before we got on the air, was like when she speaks her voice, when she shares her values, those beliefs, she sometimes see, you know, her business is built online. So social media, those insights say a lot about her business. And for our teens who look at their likes as a sign of like likability, right? Like I am only as lovable as how many likes I get on Instagram or on my latest TikTok. If we see people leaving because you're being you, those aren't your people. And you don't want to be someone else and attracting those people that aren't you. Like that's a long life of friends that you don't even like. So I I love that we're talking about this because I tell everyone, my clients, my students, everyone, just ignore the vanity metrics. It's not about how many people follow. It's not about your likes. It's really about your engagement and your reach, right? Like how many people are you reaching with your message that are seeing your message and how many people are engaging with you? Because that is definitely more of a metric that I want is higher engagement than higher followers. And I just also shared with someone today, like when I started Bump Club, I didn't show up I, 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 first of all, there were no influencers. I didn't show up though to be like, I'm going to be famous. And like, not that I am famous, but like, 
you know, at Bump Club, people definitely knew my face more than now. We had a lot more followers and, and it was, you know, I was the face of this brand. But I never intended to like be on TV or do any of that. That came very naturally as part of the territory. Like I had an expertise and people started calling me for it. And so I shared it, you know, and and now like I don't need a million followers. Like if people want to follow me, wonderful. If people like what I have to say, great. If they want to buy my class, even better, you know, but I don't care how many people follow me. Like, that's not my intention. I just want to be known as being like a brilliant businesswoman and a brilliant marketer. That's to me, like what I want to be known for, not an influencer. I want to be influential. There's difference. I want to be influential, but I do not want to be an influencer. And to your point, Leslie, like I share a lot about my viewpoints and things that are important to me. I share about abortion and being pro-choice. I share about anti-Semitism. I share about gun control, okay? Those are kind of three things that, and I share about other issues, social issues too. But when you look at my insights on social media, posts that are about those three things are my most highly engaged posts, which to me is like, as a business person, actually kind of annoying because <laughs> I want people to like, be there for, you know, the, the the education, not necessarily for the controversy. But I also know when I use my platform to share those things, part of why those posts have the numbers they do is because other people believe in them and share them. I get a ton of engagement. There's a ton of meaningful conversation. So yes, I lose followers every time I share something like that. And I kind of call it a cleanse. Like, I don't want the people who are gonna not be like, who, I don't want the people who, you don't have to always agree with me. I wanna say that. Like, it, we don't always have to be in agreement, but I want the right people to be following me for the right reasons. And when you post about yourself and when people are buying you, like people buy me, that's why they buy my services. They need to like know who they're getting. And so the right people need to be following me and engaging with me on social media. And I'd rather have that high engagement with them than have more followers. And I don't care if you unfollow me. I might not be for you and I'm not for everyone and I'm okay with that. And like, that's the same for everyone. Was yeah. that like a good way to describe that? Yes, because okay. we would say the same to our daughters. We would yes. say the same to anyone, especially, and I love what Lindsay just said, because like her business, her brand, that, and her identity are so it's one in the same. She is her brand. So she needs to love that identity and that brand. Well, and also, like, I could not imagine, like, okay, and I'll, actually, I'll give an example. So there, I was, I did a pod swap with, with these two women, and it turned out we had very different political views. And not just political views, like, one of them, like, was, like, pro-Second Amendment in a way that was like really made me sick, especially after July 4th of last year. And I I, I was like, oh, like, and I had already shared this episode, you know, and like, I don't promote that episode. I mean, I haven't removed it, but I don't promote that episode and I don't really promote them because like, we're just different. And if someone's going to like, I, I, I don't really want to be associated with that. And like, I would never want to be hired. I, I probably wouldn't take work from someone that I knew was just so inherently different and butt heads with me on and was outspoken, like the way I'm outspoken about about an issue, you know? And and not and you don't have to be the same as as everyone. That's not what I'm saying. But like I want to work with people that I that I 
am excited to show up and work for and excited to show up and meet and connect with and do things with. And like this just felt, it didn't feel good to me on a lot of levels. And so, you know, and not that they were going to hire me, but like if they wanted to hire me, like I don't, I wouldn't have taken the money to, I would have probably said no, thank you. And I do say no, thank you actually a lot, but um, yeah. Yeah, Does that make that, sense? It's totally. Because you can't be, and this goes back to a lot of what we covered it, you can't be everything to everyone. You can't, and, and as you started Bum Club, while you accepted that feedback, right? And I even think about like the, the two calls that you had yesterday of like, this is exactly what I want to be doing, right? And as, and I, and those are life lessons. And certainly when starting a business, because it's like, as an entrepreneur, there is this feeling a lot, a lot of like, I don't know where my next client's coming from. I don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. Like, I I have to create all of that, right? Like, when you're an employee, you know where the next paycheck is coming from. Absolutely. As an entrepreneur, you do not. And so it takes such, I, 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 I should have a bell every time I say confidence, it takes such confidence and belief in you to be able to say, I know who I am and I love that person and I'm willing to say no to this and believe that there are the right yes is coming. I don't need to compromise who I am and what I believe in order to get ahead. Well, and I will, I will say that that was something that that transpires from Bump Club as well. And I think that's why Bump Club was so successful. Like from day one at Bump Club, we only talked about products that we collectively, as a team, as my team grew, we collectively would use for our own children. And like I, and I had plenty of brands who reached out to me and were like, oh, we'd love to do a paid program with you. We'd love to pay you. And I didn't believe in the product or maybe someone on my team didn't believe in the product and showed me why. And to me, that, that opinion was valid enough, even if like it was something maybe I would use. We collectively had to agree because we did not want to compromise our trust with our community. And we never did. I never took money to like, you know, put a bandaid on something or as a, as like a quick money grab, like we never, never did that. And, you know, of course there are times, there were times that like, I didn't pay myself. Like I, but that was okay because the, the longevity of the trust that I earned from the community is what kept us afloat. And that's, you know, and, and then there was another brand who wanted to, you know, work with us in even a bigger capacity. So it's really important in business and in life that you just stay true to your own values and you don't compromise your integrity for short-term gain. Yes. Yes. And that ability to say I'm that that short-term discomfort for that long-term success. And and that is again, yeah, it the lessons learned in business are lessons learned in life, right? That I don't need to say yes right now because it's it'll it'll Eliminate some of that discomfort and uncertainty when I can look down the road and know that good things are coming. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, I, and that's how I built my whole career, you know? I mean, that's, I, I and I even now, like, I don't, it, the thing that I think that is like icky about social media right now is that you can show up and kind of be anyone you want to be and you can share other people's views and like, they might not be your own. And, you know, there's a lot of like jargon people use and like, you know, I, I really I, I tell people all the time when they're like looking for people to hire or coaches or whatnot that like you have to look beyond what the person is actually saying. You have to look at their experiences. You have to look at their history because anyone can say anything 
on social media. But if they don't have the stories, the experiences, the trust to back that up, it really, whatever they're saying, means nothing. Because especially, especially now with AI and, you know, everyone's having things written for them. Like, it's crazy to me. But, you know, I just, I, 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 every single thing that I do is like about being myself and trust. And that's, that's just kind of the two bottom lines and just, you know, showing up authentically. Yeah. And we're so thankful you do because it, it, it helps the rest of us. You're like a permission slip of as we build a business, as we build brands, as we become brands. And your brand can just be who you are, my friend. Just be you. Like, yes, there's already a Lindsay. You. There's a Lindsay out there. We don't need another one. I mean, it'd be awesome. <laughs> and I love, I love many Leslie's, but we already got, we already got two of them. Be you, my yeah. friends. Um, so, Tell me something of as you as you coach people and you tell them like be you how can how can people implement that like what tips do you have for people as they establish their own brands and yeah. become their authentic selves you know the first thing that i always tell everyone in every client interaction and in every class is to tell your story and and i think that's an exercise that a lot of people like they're like, huh? You know, like and but like really like sit down and write out your story. Like, what's your story? What do you who are you? What do you do? How do you do it? And really most important, why do you do it? Because it's the why that's gonna connect you with your community. Like people that's what draws people to you. So that is really the first step that I would say in terms of building your own brand is not just writing your story down and telling it once, but you gotta tell it over and over and over again. And I actually tell people that they need to share it at least once a month. But then the other thing is, is you got to get over like showing up on social media because people want to buy from people. And a lot of what I'm saying right now, you'll hear me say on social media all the time, people want to buy from people. So you just got to show up. You don't have to do a million takes. People, people like, you know, here I am, like, I can't find my words right now. And like, that's okay. You know, that's life. Like, you don't have to be rehearsed. You don't have to read. Don't read. Like, people don't want to see you reading from a teleprompter. Just show up as you and like share your experiences, pull back the curtains, share things that you like that might not have anything to do with your brand or your company or whatever it is that you're selling. People want to know who is behind the exterior. And it's so important that you share those things. Like I just had a conversation with someone. They were like, oh my God, we didn't talk about Daisy Jones and I didn't respond to your story online. Well, yeah, I put it up there, but like, look, then we had this conversation, right? So like, and that has nothing to do with my brand or like building companies or whatever, but people, it, it brings up conversation. And so you just want to converse and, and put yourself out there as yourself. And the other thing too, that I would say, and this is like a very superficial thing, but like, don't worry about like being made up and having your hair done and like to go online, like I go online, usually like my most viewed reels are the ones that I put up on a whim at 1230 a.m. with my hair in a bun and I'm in sweats laying on my couch. Those are the ones that are watched the most. And so just show up as you, like in your natural state. Like, you know, it, everyone's kind of over the like filters and this and that. And like, you don't need, like I, sometimes I do put a filter on, don't get me wrong, because at that time of, at that time of day, you know, my face is looking kind of scary. But But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, 
you don't have to be someone you're not when you show up online. And, and so it's just knowing and accepting the fact that people will accept you for you and having the confidence to do that. And they will. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so good. And actually, so yeah, if you, if you wait for the perfect time, it goes back to like, actually the first thing Lindsay said, and this is such a perfect full circle of this interview. Um, you know, her brain could have told her like, how can I send this email eight weeks pregnant? No one knows. Like there's never going to be a perfect time. There's never gonna be the perfect lighting or the perfect hair or the perfect lip for you to do the perfect reel. Like let's like purge perfection because it ain't happening. You just got to start and you just got to go. The first step, I you've said this, that first step is always the scariest. So just, you just have to do it. it. You just have to do it. You just have to do it. And I say that all the time, like, it's okay to be messy. It's not going to be perfect. And I will tell you that nine out of 10 founders that I've had on my podcast, very big, successful founders, female founders, have said, like, my website wasn't the way I wanted it to be, or my class wasn't what I wanted it to be, or the prototype was, you know, the handle fell off the bag. I literally had a, a purse company be like, yeah, and the handles were falling off. It was kind of a problem, you know, but like, but they still sold $70,000 worth of resources, <laughs> you know? So like, you just have to show up and just start. And it's really is taking that first step. And something that I've talked about a lot on social media lately, especially as it pertains to social media and people's nervo, like, like, nervousness of like being on social is taking the first step. You can't be like thinking like, oh my God, but there's reels and there's stories and there's this and there's TikTok and I No, just take the first step, show up and share your story. Show up and share your story, put up a post, maybe make a quick video about it, but one step at a time. And you really have to break it down to those steps and you build upon it. And I think a lot of people, like I'm turning 44 this year, I think a lot of women who are my age and older, especially, and even some a little younger, but my age and older, are more overwhelmed with social media from like a technical standpoint and they feel like there's just so much and they're never going to get it. That is not the case. Like you just have to start though. Like you have to do one thing, learn how to do it, and then do the next thing and learn how to do it. And like the, that's like what I teach people to do. And and I have a lot of clients finding success from the basics. Like just, you don't have to make fancy reels. You don't need templates. You don't need, you don't even need music. Just like the basics. Yeah. So just start, whatever it is. Just start and be you. Mm-hmm. Sage wisdom, my friends. And there's so much more. If you tune in to Dear Founder on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast, it is a must listen. Thank um, you. And there is a wealth of knowledge. If you want to start showing up, if you want to start being you, if you're interested in building a business, a brand, or even just dipping your toe into social media, go to lindsaypinchuk.com. I will include this in my show notes. If you are building a business and you're like, but man, that really resonated when Leslie said, you know, doing it alone. You don't have to. Lindsay will literally hold your hand. That is what she does. And she has done it for nearly 25 years. You don't have to go it alone anymore. And that's what's so beautiful. Um, so lindsaypinchuk.com. I know she's got a lot of good things coming with the podcast, with the business. And it's, uh, it's just a joy to be, you know, beside you, behind you, with you through all of it because, um, Ditto, ditto, ditto. I'm honored that you asked me to come on. I'm honored to be here. I love watching you and what you're doing and the way that you're empowering females is also incredible. 
And I'm so happy to be behind you and supporting you in doing so. So I can't wait to share this episode on my on my social media. You and me both. Lindsay, thank you for being here. My lovely listeners, thank you. Why didn't they tell us? Listen, I got to tell you something. They did tell you. So listen up. Be you. Be willing to fail. Failure does not mean anything unless you make it mean something. You only fail if you quit. Why didn't they tell us that? I don't know. But luckily, Lindsay came on today to tell us. So thank you for being here. Love what you hear? Well, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at confidencecoachforgirls.com. That's confidencecoachforgirls.com. Or email me at lesliethelifecoach at gmail.com. That's lesliethelifecoach at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you.